thank you to Kenneth Copeland Ministries for sowing the airtime for this broadcast. There's enough power in every sick room and in every hospital room to raise up that sick one that may be describing you. Yes, you yes. may be in a sick room. Yeah. You may be in a hospital room. And I want to remind you, power is present. That power is there to do a work. Believe in what's present, not try to get something, but notice that he's already made it yours. It's present right where you're at. Say, I receive that power. I receive that power. I receive it right now. I receive it right now. From the top of my head. The top of my head. the soles of my feet. The soles of my feet. We are so glad to have you with us today. Thank you for joining us for Jesus the Healer. Come on in. We're having a good time. We love the Word. I know you love the Word. And I love what my spiritual father, Dad Hagen, used to say to us. It's when you get thrilled with the Word that it works for you. Amen. And so we're thrilled with the Word by choice. We choose to be thrilled. Amen. We've been looking at a certain passage that I want us to go back to today. And it's what Paul wrote in Philippians chapter 1, verse 28. He was sitting in prison when he wrote these words. The Amplified Classic says, do not for a moment. I love that. Not even for a moment. Anything beyond a moment is too long. Do not for a moment be frightened or intimidated in anything by your opponents and adversaries. Listen, this man was facing potential death at that point. He didn't know what was going to be coming against him so far as accusations and and any kind of government action against him. But notice in that place, he says, not for a moment. He's telling us he wasn't even for a moment frightened or intimidated by any opponent, by any adversary. I don't care what arena of life it's in. Don't don't be frightened or intimidated for a moment. And he goes on and he says, for such constancy and fearlessness will be a clear sign or proof or seal to them of their impending destruction and a sure token and evidence of your deliverance and salvation, and that's from God. So he's saying this, the way you responded when faced with adversaries is either a message to you or to them. When you're rejoicing, it's a message to them. You're you're losing. But when you're rejoicing, it's evidence to you that the power of God can now has access to your situation. Because praising and rejoicing is is an act of faith and the power of God meets faith. Amen. So we have to think right. I said we have to think right. When we're opposed by adversaries, oppositions, the power of the enemy things that come against us, if we think right, we don't get into fear. We don't get intimidated by circumstances, by situations. We were looking at in the previous episode, and I want us to refer to it again in Numbers chapter 13. God had said to Moses, he said in verse 1, Numbers 13, verse 1, The Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Send thou men that they may search the land of Canaan, which I give under the children of Israel. So God didn't care who was was squatting on the land. (laughs) He says, I give. So it was theirs even before they took possession. Now he wanted them to call it theirs before they even took possession. If they would have gone in and spied out the land, mindful, this is ours. 
Yeah. Right? Yeah. They would have handled it different. Joshua and Caleb went in with that mentality. Amen. They called it theirs. Yeah. And in fact, in verse 30 of Numbers 13, after they had spied out the land, Caleb, it says he came back and he stilled the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and possess it. We're well able to overcome it. So in, in Caleb's mind, this is already theirs. God said it was theirs. It wasn't about what they possessed. It was about what God had made theirs so they could take possession of it. But that, how many of you know that's right thinking? Caleb had right thinking. Let us go up at once. Let's go enjoy it. But wrong thinking was recorded, and I'm just going to refer real quick in verse 32, the second part of verse 32. The, there were 10 other spies that were thinking wrong, and they said, uh, the land through which we've gone to search is a land that eats up the inhabitants. Well, see, they, ha- they weren't going up there talking about God gave us this. They came back talking about this land's going to eat us up. And it says that this land, it eats up the inhabitants and the people that we saw in it are men of great stature. And there we saw the giants and we came uh, and we were in our own side as grasshoppers and we were in their side as grasshoppers. That's wrong thinking. What does wrong thinking do? It says something different than what God said. They should have, all God had, all they had to do was say, God said he gave it to us. It's ours. They don't have to figure out anything. All they have to do is repeat what God said. That's what faith is. That's what right thinking is. You repeat what God says. Wrong thinking is you look at what you see and you let go of what God says. That's wrong thinking. These 10 spies let go of what God said so they could hold to what they saw. And in doing that, those 10 men never again saw it. They never got to enjoy that land again. Why? When you let go of what God says, you can't have it. Although it belonged to them. Although that land belonged to them, they couldn't have it because they let go of what God said. Don't let go of what God said. I said, don't let go. And then we go down and we go to the next chapter in Numbers 14. And I want us to see this, uh, what Joshua and Caleb in verse 7. It says, And they, Joshua and Caleb, spake unto the company of the children of Israel, saying, The land which we pass through to search it, it's an exceeding good land. See, they came back talking positive. They came back talking the right thing. The the ten evil spies said, It's a land that eats up the inhabitants. But Joshua and Caleb said, It's a good land. And he said, If the Lord delight in us, then he will bring us into this land. Now see, they understood. It's God doing the work. It's not us doing it. It's God doing it. And says, he will bring us into the land and give it to us. A land that flows with milk and honey. He's not, see, Joshua and Caleb didn't come back talking about the giants. And when they did refer to the giants, they didn't talk about them as enemies. They talked about them. Look how they talked about them. Verse 9, only rebel not against the Lord. How do you rebel against the Lord? Let go of what he said. Yes. Don't, you don't hold to it. You let go of what he said. What has God told you? What's he told you about a home? What's he told you about a business? What's he told you about, about your health? Don't let go of it. Amen. So verse 9, they said, only rebel not against the Lord, neither fear the people of the land. Now look, they didn't even, they didn't even call, Joshua and Caleb didn't even call these men giants. You know what they called them? Bread. They said they are bread for us. 
Their defense is departed from, from them. The Lord's with us, fear them not. So they came back, the 10 spies that were in doubt and gave the evil report, they came back talking about how big the enemy was. Right. Yes. Joshua and Caleb came back talking about what we're going to eat. They're bread for us. Yes. Yes. Amen. Amen. Right and wrong thinking. Yes. It's the difference mm. in how you think. Yes. A, a, a faith issue is a thinking issue. A doubt issue is a thinking issue. Um, I was told of, of this story um, in the nineteen in the early nineteen hundreds. There was a dictator in a large country that, of course, their large country was surrounded by some some smaller countries that he could have easily dominated. And so this dictator of a large country, he grew tired of tolerating the, the other countries, their governments just being on their border. And so he decided he's going to go in and invade a particular small country that was along their border. So he got together a hundred and I mean, this was a little country and this dictator, this large country got 120,000 soldiers he took a thousand artillery pieces and they prepared to invade the small country, but the small country knew about it. So the whole time they were preparing. Mm -hmm. And uh, so they readied themselves over a period of a few years and their generals were competent. They fortified their borders and the people were ready to fight for their homeland. They weren't going to be dominated by this big country. And there came the day when the enemy country was going to launch war against them in this smaller country. They began having bombings that were faced on them and um, the enemy military divisions began crossing the borders into this smaller country. And one of the soldiers of the small country came up to his commanding officer and he said these words. He said, there are so many of them coming against us. And he said, and our country is so small. Where are we going to bury all of them? <laughs> Thinking. He wasn't going by size. They had pumped into their people. Uh, we're not losing our land. And they had so changed the mindset of uh, their soldiers, their, sur their soldiers weren't thinking about dying. They were thinking about burying them. This is Joshua and Caleb. They weren't thinking about grasshoppers in the side, being grasshoppers in the side of the giants. They were thinking about their bread and we going to eat them. Your opposition is nothing but spiritual nourishment for your spiritual strength and welfare. It's not your undoing place. It's your promotion place. It's your increase place. It's your advancement place. It's all about how you think. And when Paul said, don't for a moment be frightened and intimidated by your adversary or your opponent, it's your promotion place. But not if you tuck tail and run. If you stand your ground and you be consistent, it's a sign of their doom, but a sign of your deliverance. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Naturally minded carnal men, giants are negative to run from. But to a spiritual man, it's time to eat. Let's eat. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. Nourishment yeah. for their faith life. Yeah. Nourishment for their spiritual life. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. In the word, 
In the Word of God, we see giants, opposition, and overwhelming odds shown as places of advancement and promotion. They're not shown as places of getting uh, of loss. Right. Yes. They're not shown as places of defeat. They're shown as places to advance yes. and to come into more. When we think right, we recognize that giants are nothing more than our promotion. Yes. Amen. They're, yes. our, they're, they're the place where we gain skill to advance. Yes. Amen. You have scripture on that? I sure do. I got more. We just read some, but I got more. 1 Corinthians chapter 16 and verse 9. Look what Paul said. We see the enemy's strategy against us. 1 Corinthians 16 verse 9. Paul said, for a great door and an effectual door is opened unto me but there are many adversaries. So where are these adversaries? They're at the door. What we see this, uh, Paul is exposing Satan's strategy. What is that? When there's a door of promotion for you, a door of increase, a door of advancement, Mm -hmm. the devil puts blockades in front of it to try to block from your view. He'll use opposition. He'll use adversaries. He'll use symptoms. He'll use financial problems. Mm -hmm. He'll use strife. He'll use all kinds of things to block your entrance. But you know this, every time there's opposition, there's an open door on the other side. You get that? There's an open door on the other side. When I was writing this sermon, these words came up like a psalm. I'm going to read it to you of what came out of my spirit. We're not to look at giants in dread. We know and understand they are our bread. They're bread to eat by which we're made stronger. We're their master. We're afraid no longer. Amen. 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 Listen, we don't look, for example, Joshua and Caleb called these giants their bread. We don't look when we go to a table of food and we see bread on the table. We don't go, oh, that's odd. That's weird. Uh-huh. No, it's a staple it is. in the diet of people is to have grain, a bread yes. on the table. We don't think it's odd. Spiritually, when we see the opposition, we don't think that's odd. We don't think when we see a giant oppose us, what's that doing here? Oh, no, you're here for me to eat and grow stronger. And me, and me, and me eating you, I'm advancing. I'm not getting pushed back. I'm advancing. Now go over to 1 Peter chapter 4 because this is where a lot of Christians miss it. They're saying, why did this happen to me? Why did this come against me? Because there's an open door. (laughs) And the devil wants to block your entrance. But those adversaries gather at the door. Just step over them and keep going. Eat them up and keep going. Amen. But 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 12, this is the King James translation. It reads, uh, Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you, as though some strange things happened unto you. This is where a lot of people are. Why did this happen? And they start losing. If I could say this, why did God let this happen? And they take that and try. And if I could say this, they undo their own faith in God. They start questioning God. Why don't you question the opposition? So he says, don't think it's a strange thing that something fiery has come to try you. Look at verse 13. Then he tells us how to face opposition, but rejoice. 
You rejoice when you know something. You're not rejoicing because there's opposition. You know something, and so you rejoice. Oh, when there's an enemy, I know there's an open door on the other side of that big boy. That's what I'm going after is the big door. (laughs) He's just going to get in my way, and if he doesn't move, he's going to get eaten. (laughs) Devil, I'm going to give you one last chance. Get out of the way. No. (laughs) But see, our response should not be, why did this happen to me? Our response should be, verse 13, but rejoice. This is our instruction of what to do in the face of a fiery trial. But rejoice. Why? Inasmuch as you're partakers of Christ's sufferings. Listen, Jesus had to face opposition and win, and he did. This is the sufferings he's talking about. He's not talking about suffering with sickness, suffering disease. He's talking about opposition, trying to block him. But even even all the demons of hell couldn't hold him back when the power of God raised him up out of hell. It says, but rejoice inasmuch as you're partakers of Christ's sufferings. He was opposed. You're going to be opposed. And he's, he goes on that when his glory shall be revealed, you may be glad also with exceeding joy. Now listen to the Amplified, Amplified Classic of First uh, Peter uh, 4 and verse 12 says, Beloved, do not be amazed and bewildered at the fiery ordeal which is taking place to test your quality as though some strange, unusual, and alien to you and your position have befallen you. But insofar as you are sharing Christ's sufferings, rejoice so that when his glory is revealed, you may also rejoice and triumph. And notice this, glory is the outcome of the person who's rejoicing, not defeat. Right. Right. Yes. Amen. Amen. Uh, We see this, David had no sense of dread when a giant called Goliath showed up. He didn't say, why is he coming after me? No, I'm going after him. David didn't wait for Goliath to come after him. He went after him. David went after Goliath. Amen. What happened when David defeated Goliath? David was promoted to the next thing God had for him. Amen. Opposition prepares us for promotion. If we think right. Not like the 10 spies who said, oh, they're bigger than us. We're just nothing but grasshoppers. No. If you think right and you take on that opposition with the word, with God's ability, drawing on his power, that opposition is when it shows up, you go, oh, there's my promotion. Let's go. Let's go get it. That's what David did. How did David, because remember Joshua and Caleb said, These giants are bred for us. How do you eat giants? How did David eat Goliath? He ate him. How did he eat Goliath? He ran at him talking. You can't eat something with your mouth shut. You got to be talking. You better say something. You better say what God says. When you speak the word, that's how you eat everything that opposes that word. Amen. He ran at Goliath with his mouth open. He ran at him saying, I'm taking your head off your shoulders today and then I'm going after the whole army of you. Today, all of you going. Amen. Never run at a giant with with your mouth shut. You can't eat with your mouth closed. You're going to have to say, it's your words, it's God's words in your mouth that slays opposition. Amen. You can't eat with your mouth closed. 
Amen. Uh, Goliath was David's promotion place. Because he ate the giant and he didn't hide with the rest of the army that was hiding from Goliath. The the Israeli army was hiding. David went out there and went after his giant. If you're going to sit in your house and hide and hope that things leave you alone, hope that the devil leave you alone, he's not. He's only only strengthening his forces against you. He'll, he'll just gain more and more opposition. Uh, but uh, when you stand up and say, you know what, I'm done with this. Sometimes, Listen, we've all put up with things we shouldn't have put up with. We've all done that. So don't feel bad about it. Just get up and say, no more. On the other side of that big boy there is my, my door in advancement. Amen. Um, I love what David did when he saw Goliath and he said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that taunts the armies of God? What's he saying? This man doesn't have a covenant. We've got a covenant and y'all are hiding. David drew on the covenant. The others forgot their covenant and went and hid. So David asks a question when others are hiding from this big boy. David asks a question. He said, The guy who defeats him, what's he get? (laughs) What's the reward for taking out the big fella over here? See, the rest of the army saw the big guy and said, he's too big to beat. Mm -hmm. David saw him and said, he's too big to miss. (laughs) I'm hitting him. He's so big, he can't be missed, right? (laughs) And so they said the reward is threefold. Number one, who defeats him gets to marry the king's daughter. Ah, What's that mean? You go, what she look like? It don't matter. It don't matter what she look like. Why? She's in line. She's in line for royalty. Kids are now in the royal bloodline. There's a throne here connected to this woman. She beautiful without even looking at her. She beautiful. Why? She got a throne backing her up. Right? You don't ask dumb questions. Oh, I don't know. Well, anyway, <laughs> I don't know how many appreciate that, but yeah, he didn't say, well, what she looked like. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. And then the second thing is they said the king will give him great riches, great riches, meaning this from one day you're in one income category and the next day you're in king income category in a day, in a day. Uh, God can change the complexion of your life in a moment. In, in one, in one, one eating of a giant and everything can change for you. And then the third thing, they said uh, his, his family will be free from service and taxes. Not just him, but his family. <laughs> that big old boy, he's a, he a tax write-off. He was a tax deduction. And now David's children are in line for the throne. It's not, when, when he took on that giant, it wasn't just a win for him. It was a win for his generations coming after him. If we don't eat up the giants of opposition that come against us, if we don't face them with the word, not only does it rob from us, it robs from those who come after us of the advancement and the promotion we could have had and should have had if we would have taken the word and run that thing out of our life. Amen. 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 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. David's giant eating skills rescued a nation. He was skillful at eating giants. Where did he practice? Well, he said, when he told King Saul, he said, I slew a bear. I slew a lion. He had practiced eating the giants that came to him in everyday life so that when he was faced with one that opposed a nation, he already knew how to eat giants. Every day, eat giants. Every day, eat up opposition. How? Speak the word to them. Declare what God says. Don't let go of the word. Hold to the word. Amen. Amen. And recognize on the other side of that giant is my increase. On the other side of that giant is my advancement. On the other side of that giant is my promotion. That's nothing to gripe about. That's nothing to complain about. Don't complain when opposition comes. It's a a sign there's something great behind him. On the other side of him. And that's what I'm going after. That's a sign my increase is right here as soon as I get him eaten. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Giants are not a hardship. They're an entrance. They're not a difficulty. They're an entrance. Why? Because we have the power of God to to take those giants out with. Amen. Jesus already defeated them, but we're going to enforce that defeat in our life. They're not going to rise again. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I love what Dr. Summerall, Dr. Lester Summerall was our pastor for years, precious man of God, and he said, at 85, give me a mountain full of giants and I'll slay them and fertilize the earth with their carcasses. (laughs) Amen. I mean, he was always ready for that fight of faith. The fight of faith, the Bible says, it's a good fight. Why? Because that fight always wins. Always wins. Amen. We're not fighting the fight of fear. We're not fighting the fight of worry. We're not fighting the fight of doubt. We're fighting the fight of faith. Amen. Don't get in the wrong fight. Stay in the right fight. Don't get in that fight of worry. You won't win there. Stay in the fight of faith. Amen. Hallelujah. It is our greatest privilege to be able to come to you every day and bring the word to your life, to your home. And it's one, of the, it's one of the highlights of my life to get to be able to do this every day. And the primary reason I'm able to do this is because Brother Kenneth Copeland and Kenneth Copeland Ministries has invited us onto the Victory Channel and they have sown this time into our ministry. And I would ask you, if you're not already a partner with Kenneth Copeland Ministries, pray about becoming a partner today. Because as we partner, I'm a partner. Uh, Our church is a partner with Kenneth Copeland Ministries because our partnership keeps this program and the other programmers on this channel coming to you because Kenneth Copeland Ministries doesn't charge any programmer anything. They pay the entire amount for us to be to be in your home. And uh, I tell you, the word is worth what Brother Copeland sows into our life and into this ministry and into your life. He's sowing this and we, we respond and we become a partner. We ask you to pray about becoming a partner. To do that, you would go to kcm.org and you can sign up there on the website to become a partner. And you know what it does? It keeps the word of faith coming into your home, programs like this, so that your, your life can receive the help and the answers that it needs. Amen. So we're so grateful you've joined with us today. And until next time that we see you, remember this, Jesus is the healer. God bless you. To watch or listen to today's message and other messages by Nancy Dufresne, visit DufresneMinistries.org. 
In this book by Nancy Dufresne, Peace, Living Free from Worry, she teaches how to close the door to worry, fear, and doubt. Order now at DufresneMinistries.org. Come join us for our Dufresne Ministries Miracle Crusade in Paducah, Kentucky. For more information and to register, visit our website at DufresneMinistries.org. We trust you've enjoyed this message. Visit us at DufresneMinistries.org to learn of our upcoming meetings, share your testimony, submit a prayer request, or visit our online store. Thank you to the friends and partners of Dufresne Ministries for making this production possible.